Shalom to all. Today's daf is about comment of Tzadi, and we are starting about the seventh line with the words of a plug to the Hanitanoi. And today's daf is sponsored by Lilanishmas, Mars, Merim, Sarah, Basim, Yaakov, Moshe, her Neshama should have an Aliyah, and Lilanishmas, Rabbi Yechmiel, Mardechai, Ben Rechaim, his Neshama should have an Aliyah. And we just concluded the previous Gemara saying that these two brises that we had brought are arguing whether or not Kenyan Paris is Kenyan Agof. That's what the Gemara says. We'll plug to the Hanitanoi. They're arguing in the same Achlaik as the following Tanoi are arguing in. Tatan, you have a brisa, a mecher Avdol Acher, someone who sells his Evkanani to somebody else. Or pasak Yimayim when Asher Shem Shenu Shleishim Yoyim. And he stipulated with the buyer that he still gets to keep it for 30 days. And only then the Evid goes to the buyer. And then while the Evid was still by the original master, one of these two people, the first one or the second one, struck him and he died. So Rabbi Meir says, Rishan Yashimidin Yamayamayim. The first master, the original one, who still has Evid by him, he has the din of Yamayamayim. Mipneshu Tachtov, because the Evid is still by him. Now, what is this din Yamayamayim? So we know that usually if A strikes B and B dies because of that blow, even if it's a significant amount of time later, A is Chayv Misa for killing B. However, there's a leniency in the Torah for a master who strikes his Evid Kenani. Only if the Evid dies within 24 hours is the master Chayev. But if the Evid hangs on Yoyma Yamayim for a day or two and then dies, the master is not Chayev. So Mayor says that if the first master, the one that still has him, struck him and he died after a day, so that original master is Pater. Why is that? So we explain of Mayor Shita, because Savar, clear of Mayor holds, Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Guftami. Then when a person has a Kenyan of Paris, it's like he has a Kenyan in the Guf itself. And therefore, even though this original master only has the rights to the Paris of the Evid, he doesn't actually own the Evid, the new buyer does, but the original master is allowed to use him for this 30 days, so it's considered like Kenyan Aguf, and therefore he has this Kula of Yomayamayim. Now the Rise continues, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Only the second master, if he struck him while he was still by the original master, he has that din of Yomayamayim. Why? Because it's his money, meaning it's owned by the second master. Now we explain, Kasava Rabbi Huda clearly holds, Kenyan Paris, love Kenyan Aguf Dami, that Kenyan Paris is not Kenyan Aguf, and therefore the first master, the original one, the Evid is still by, is not considered like he owns the Evid, and therefore he would not have his din Yomayamayim. Now the Rise continues, Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yaisi says, Both of them have the din of Yamayamayim. Why is that? This one, the original master, because the Evid is still by him, and this other one, the new master, because considered his money. And now we explain she is Rabbi Yaisi, Misapkole, he's Misapik, Kenyan Paris, Iki Kenyan Gufdami, Ilav Kenyan Gufdami. Is Kenyan Paris Kenyan Guf or not? And Misapk Nefashas Lahakel, when we're dealing with Safak Nefashas, whether or not we're going to kill one of these masters for killing this Evid, we're going to be Makal. Back to the brass, we have a fourth Shito, Rabbi Lezer, and Rabbi Lezer says, both of them do not have this cool of Yamayamayim. Why? This one, the new master, because the Evid's not actually by him. And this one, the first master, because it's not actually his money. Now, Amorava Rava asks, My time is Rebbe Lezer. What's Rebbe Lezer's reasoning? The answer is, Amorka, because the Pasuk says, for it's his Kasef. And that's the whole Kula of Yamayamayim. And what do we learn from here? Asbi Kasef, that's Miyuchad to him. And says, It's not the first master's Kasef. And even though it's a second master's Kasef, but it's not Miyuchad to him, because it's still by the first master, neither of them have this cool of Yamayamayim. The Gemara continues, command Azahad Amr Amemar, according to which one of these Tanayim is the following statement of Amemar, if a man or woman sold her Nechsemulug, it's not valid at all, command Kribbelezer, that's a Kribbelezer. That's because even though they're her Nechsemulug, she doesn't have the rights to the pay rise, and even though the husband has the rights to the pay rise, they're not his Nechasim. And the Gemara continues, who's a Tanayim following Brysa, someone who's half Evid, half Ben Chayrin, or an Evid owned by two partners, this Evid is not going to go free with the tips of Avarim that don't grow back. Namely, if one of the masters knocks out his eye or tooth or one of the Avarim he would be set free for, he does not go free. Who's his Brysa like? So I'm aware of Mordechai the Ravashi. Rav Mordechai told Ravashi, this is what they said in the name of Rava, Rebeleazer, he, it's Rebeleazer. Because Mila Am Rebeleazer, didn't Rebeleazer say, that a master only has his pure of Yemayimayim if this Evid is his Kesef that's Miyuchad for him, meaning he owns him and he has full rights to his work. So to over here, the only way that Evid's going to go free if it's an Evid.
evid that's miyuchelai. But if it's an evid that's owned by two partners, or if it's a chati evid chati ben chayrin, so this is not considered an evid hamiyuchelai, and therefore the evid would not go free, even if one of these rashi varim was knocked off. And now to another mishnah, now talking about baisha's payment. Hatakel chaveroi, someone who knocks his friend on his ear, or according to one shot, he yells in his friend's ear. He has to pay him a sella for the humiliation that he suffered. Now Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yisaglili, Rabbi Yehuda says then Rabbi Yisaglili, mana he has to pay him a mana, and a mana is a hundred zos, whereas a sella is only four zos. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yisaglili, he has to pay way more in this case. The mission continues. Staroi, let's he slapped him on the face. Nice and loy misayim zos, he has to pay him two hundred zos. Laacher yadai, if he slapped him on the face backhandedly, nice and loy arame zos, he has to pay him four hundred zos because it's much more humiliating. Tzarim ba'aznai, let's he pulled his ear, talish b'saroi, or yanked his hair. Rakak, he spat towards him. Vigia by Raikai, and the spit reached him, which means it touched him on his flesh. Have your talisa menu. If he took his garment off of him, Pararosha Isha Bashok. If he uncovered the head of a woman in the marketplace, nice and loy, or really take out the word loy, nice saying he has to pay the following. Arbameazos, 400 zos. Tanya on top of the mission continues. Zaklal, this is rule. Hakolafi Chvaidai. Everything has to do with the covet of the person. And the court is going to discuss what exactly the mission is trying to tell us. Now, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says that I feel anim Yisrael. Even the most poor person in Kali Yisrael, we view them as if they used to be wealthy. And now they just lost their money. Because every yid is the son of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. And therefore, even though he's poor, it's still considered like he has a lot of humiliation, great amount of embarrassment when something happens to him, because as if he was rich, and rich people suffer more embarrassment than poor people. And the mission continues with the story. There's a fellow who uncovered the head of a woman in the marketplace. She came in front of Rabbi Kiva. And Rabbi Kiva was the fellow to give her 400 zoz. So Amrlai, he told him, Rabbi, tell Lizman, please give me time to pay up. So he gave this fellow time, and Shamra, he waited for this woman, this year standing by the entrance of her chatzar, and then what did he do? He broke a jug in front of her, and inside this jug was a tiny little bit of oil, the amount one can buy for an iser. And what did she do? She uncovered her head, she was soaking up oil with her hand, and then putting it on her head, so she could have nice smooth hair. And so what did he do? He stood Aiden by her, so they could testify that this happened, and then he came to Rebekiva, and Amrlai, he told her, to this one, I have to give 400 zoz. She uncovered her head willingly just to get a little bit of oil that spilled on the floor to put it on her hair. And I would have to pay her 400 zoz for uncovering her hair. She did this to herself. Amrlai, Rabbi Kiva told him, You didn't say anything. I don't care about your taina. Why is that? Because if someone damages himself, even though he's not allowed to do so, Potter, he's still Potter. Whereas if other people damage him, and furthermore, about cuts in Yosef, if a person cuts down his own sapling, even though he's not allowed to do that, Potter, he's still Potter. Whereas Acherim, if somebody else cuts down his sapling, Chayavin, they're Chayiv. So just because she embarrassed herself in public, that doesn't mean that you're allowed to do so, and you still have to pay her 400 zos. Now the Gwen analyzes the first part of the Mishnah where we said that a person has to pay a mana. So we buy Luhu, they ask the following question Mana Tsuri Tanan or Mana Medina Tanan? Are we talking about a Mana Tsuri or Mana Medina? And the difference is that a Mana Tsuri is made out of pure silver, whereas a Mana Medina is made out of only one part silver and seven parts other materials. So a Mana Tsuri is much more valuable. And so what does this person have to pay? A Mana Tsuri or Mana Medina? So Gwen says, Tashma, we have a Raya that who got a fellow knocked his friend on the ear. He told him, Here's me and here's Rabbi Yisai Aglili, which we're going to explain what that means in a minute. Give him a monetsuri. We see from here that when our Mishnah says that he has to pay a money, that means a monetsuri. Now the Gemara just asks, What Rabbi Yisai mean by saying, There's me and there's Rabbi Yisai Aglili? This is what he was telling him. There's me, I saw you whack him on the ear. And here's Rabbi Yisai who holds that a monetsuri has to be paid, Zil monetsuri, go give him a monetsuri. Well, remember, does that mean to say the aid Nasadayan that an aid could become a dayan? Because that means that Rabbi Yehudin saw what happened.
husband, so he's an aide, and now he's poskening on the case. So that means that aid not But how could that be? Vatan, you have a brass that says, Sanhedrin Shro, Echachargas, and Nefesh. Let's say all of Sanhedrin was sitting there, and they've watched with their own eyes Reuven kill Shimon. So Nasu Edim, Nasu Dayanim, some of them are Edim who testify in front of the others who act as a Dayanim on the case. Tibi Rabbi Tarfin, that's what Rabbi Tarfin says. Or Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says, Kulam Edim Hem, all of them are considered Edim, Vain Ed Nasu Dayan, and an aid can't become a Dayan. Now we further explain this Machalik as, Ad Kalikom Rabbi Tarfin, Eldim Tosan Nasu Edim, Umtosan Nasu Dayanim. All Rabbi Tarfin said is that some of these act as Edim, and some of them act as Dayanim. Ahol Ed Nasu Dayan, like Amar. Tarfin never said that an aid could be a Dayan, meaning even though Rabbi Tarfin said that some of them could act as Dayanim, they're not acting as Dayanim based off of what they saw by themselves, they're still accepting Eidos from the other people. And that's not considered Eid Nasadayon, where it seems to be over here from this case of Yehudinusia, that Eid Nasadayon, he witnessed what happened and he's poskening based off of what he saw without anyone giving him Eidos about it. And no one over here, neither Abtarfin nor Abikiva hold that Eid Nasadayon. So my answer is that's actually not true. Kitanya he, what's that Bratzah talking about? Kigon Shiro Balaila. As referring to where Sanhedrin saw it at night, Deloyal Mevedina Ninhu. That's something they can't poskin anyway. They're not allowed to poskin at night. And that's why the next day when they convene to judge this case, we have to have official Edim giving Eidos because not something they could paskin off of. But technically, Aid is Nasadayan according to Rabbi Tarfin. Now, if you buy him alternatively, we could answer totally differently in what Rabbi Yudinusia meant by saying, Ha'ana, Rabbi Yaseglili. Ha'chakamale, this is what he was telling the fellow. Ha'ana, disreeli, Rabbi Yaseglili. There's me who holds a Rabbi Yaseglili, the Amar who holds Manatsuri. Then in such a situation, Manatsuri would have to be paid. Fasadi, and there's Edim, Dimis Hadibach, that are giving Eidos about you. So Zil Havli, Manatsuri, go pay him Manatsuri. Rabbi Kiva really holds that an aide who witnessed something is not able to be a dying on that case. But Tanya, we have a bride saw. The Pazak tells us, and a man struck his fellow with a stone or with a fist. Now, what do we learn from here? So, he tells us, just like a fist is unique, that it's given over to the Eidah, which is Bezdin, and to Edim. We're going to explain this in a moment. So, too, in order to judge a case properly, the item has to be given over to the Bezdin and to the Edim. is excluding if the item that caused the damage is not with the Edom anymore. In other words, according to Shem and Atimni, the Bezin has to be able to see the item or the weapon, if you will, which caused the damage in order to assess whether or not it really could have done damage to such an extent, or perhaps maybe it's just because of the weak constitution of the Nizik that such damage was caused. And that's what we're learning from Egrif. And Egrif is always available. That's a person's fist. It's attached to his body, so they can always analyze this fist. Was it able to carry out such damage? And that's what the Evan has to be like as well. well let's say the Edom didn't bring the Evan to Bezdin, so Bezdin can't analyze the Evan that caused the damage, so we're not able to judge such a case. Now, Amr Rabbi Kiva told him, Did Reuven strike Shimon in front of Bezdin? That Bezdin knows how many times he struck him, or on what part of his body he struck him? If it was on his calf, or was on the cartilage of his heart, if he struck him on his calf, that's not so bad, but if he struck him on the cartilage of his heart, that's obviously going to cause a lot of damage. And furthermore, Let's say Reuven pushed Shimon off of a roof, or off the top of a tower, and he died. Does Bezdin have to go to the tower? Or does the tower go to Bezdin? But and furthermore, even if you want to say the Bezdin would have to go to this tower or house that the person was pushed off of, or what about Nufla? Let's say it fell down before they could get there. Do we have to go and rebuild it so they can assess if this was high enough that the person would have died after being pushed off? In other words, Rabbi Kiva is telling Shimon Atimni, we're not relying on Bezdin's assessment whether or not this damage could have happened. Ella, rather, what do we learn from the Pasuk? Just like the Egrif, the fist that caused the damage, that's given over to the Edim. They were able to see the fist that struck the person and therefore they can give a reliable Eidos to Bezdin whether or not this fist was strong enough to create such damage. So so to any sort of weapon that's given over to the Edim to be able to analyze properly so they could give over a good Eidos. Excluding the situation, if the stone that caused the damage now is not here anymore, Potters and the 
would be putter because the Adim themselves weren't able to take a good look at the stone after it caused the damage in order to be able to testify about it, whether or not it really was a stone that caused the damage, or perhaps it was because of the weak constitution of the person who got the stone thrown at him, and maybe that's why he was damaged so much. And now here we're at our question. Katanimias, at any rate, we learned in this Brisa, Amalia Rikiva, Rikiva told Shimon Atemni, did Ruven strike Shimon in front of Bezdin, Shiyadin Kamiko, that they know how many times he struck him? Now what's that mashma? Hahiko Bifnehem, that if Ruven would have struck Shimon in front of Bezdin, Aid Nasadayan. And according to Rikiva, an aid could be a Dayan, meaning Bezdin would be allowed to judge this case, even though they witnessed what happened. So you see that Rikiva clearly holds that Aid Nasadayan. So Gemara says, no, Raya, the Dwarf of Shimon Atemni Kamar, Rikiva was responding to Shimon Atemni according to his own Shita. Valele Sphirale, but Rikiva himself doesn't hold of what he's saying. He's just saying, Lishitascha, according to you, Shimon Atemni, what you're saying doesn't make sense. So Rikiva still could hold in Aid Nasadayan. And the Gemara continues discussing this. Tanarban, we have a Brisa. Shartam Shemis, Vehizik, if a Shartam killed somebody and damaged somebody else, we only judge the Dean in Fasha's case, meaning we're going to kill the Shar, but we're not going to judge the Dean in Mamana's case. And that's because we know that a Shar Tom pays Migufai, and once we judge the Dean in Fasha's case, the Shar Tom is not worth anything, and therefore we can't judge the Dean in Mamana's. Or Muad Shamus Vezek, if a Shar Muad killed somebody and damaged, first we judge the Mamana's case, and then we judge the Fasha's case. However, can move the new Dean in Fasha's, let's say Bezin preceded and judge the Dean in Fasha's case on this Shar, and Chazim Dun Nursei Dean in they don't go back and judge the Mamana's case. Ask the Gemara, why not? Who cares if they already judge the Dean and Fasha's case for this chart? Let them go back and judge the Mamana's case. What's the difference? Who cares what order it is? So Marava, he answers, I found the Rabban in the base Majish, the Yasuvika Amri, they were sitting and saying, This is Rib Shimon Atemni. The Amru holds, Just like a fist is unique, it's given over to the Bezdin and to the Edim to analyze whether or not it could have caused such a damage. So too, anytime Bezdin is going to assess the damage, it has to be that the item is given over to them. We see that Shimon Atemini holds that we need to have an evaluation and an assessment by Bezdin. And over here in this case, came the Gamardina Loktala, since the case was already concluded that they're going to have to kill this shark because it killed somebody, we're not going to wait for another Umdana of Bezdin to determine the Mamana's case, and we're not going to delay his judgment, and we're going to have to kill it right away. And that's why we're not going to go back and judge the Dina Mamana's case. Now, I told him, said Rava, I feel Tim Rabbi Kiva. You don't have to say Shimon Atemini, you could even say it's Rabbi Kiva. What are we talking about over here? Where the owner ran away after they judged the Dean in Fasha's case, and therefore, even if we were to judge the Dean in Mamana's case, we wouldn't be able to collect any money, and therefore, we wouldn't judge the Mamana's case. If the owner ran away, even if they didn't judge the Dean in Fasha's case yet, which in this situation, we would judge the Dean in Mamana's case, because that's what we said. If Dean in Fasha's wasn't judged yet, we're going to judge the Dean in Mamana's case first. Well, how can we judge the Mamana's case without owners here? The owner has to be embezzled in order to judge the case. That's not a valid answer. The more says, no, the couple we're talking about where we accepted Edo already, and then the owner ran away. And therefore, technically, if they wouldn't have judged the Fasha's case first, so then they would be able to judge the Mamana's case, even though the owner's not there right now, because the owner was there when Edo was given. However, the Gemara says, At the end of the day, even if the Mamana's case was judged first, how are we going to collect money in this situation? As we said, the owner ran away, and there's no money to collect from. So Gemara answers, From plowing. We take this shar, we're going to rent it out for plowing, and with those proceeds, we'll pay the nizek. And we only wouldn't be able to do that if they judged the Fasha's case first, because we wanted to delay the judgment, we would have to kill it right away. So then they won't judge on Fasha's case, and they'll rent it out for plowing, and that way the Nizek will be able to get paid. Ask the Gemara, if that's so, Tom, Nidani, Dini, Mamanis, Bereisha. Then we're dealing with a short Tom, why don't we first judge the Mamanis case, finish Talmiridya, and Nizek will get paid from the plowing, like we just suggested, and then we'll judge Dini, Fasha's case on the short Tom. Why do we say that when a short Tom killed and damaged, we're only going to judge Dini, Fasha's? So Rabbi Ridraf Kahana, he answered, Zaysamaris tells us, Ridya, Aliyah, Demarahu, that plowing 
is considered Aliyah Demara, the Aliyah of the owner. Now let's remember in the beginning of the Masechta, we had this term a number of times, Mishalim and Aliyah, and this means that the owner has to pay out of his own pocket. A short time only pays me gufai. To be Mishalim and Aliyah means to pay out of your own pocket even more than the value of the Shar. And the fact that the Shar is going to be rented out and that money is going to be used to pay something, that's not called the payment me gufai the Shar, that's called Mino Aliyah. And since we're dealing with a short time over here, we want to do so because again, it's not called paying me gufai. And that's why when the short time damaged and killed, we're only going to judge a Dean of Fajr's case and not the Dean of Mamana's case. We're going to stop here for the day and pick up tomorrow continue to talk about whether or not the Bezin is going to assess the thing that caused the damage to see whether or not it actually could have caused such a damage. But for now, everyone should have a wonderful day.